0: Hey folks just a little content note off the top this is an episode about sex and altered states so we're going to be talking about alcohol and drugs and a lot of the consent issues that arise around that with sex uh which might involve like coercive sex or uh sex while intoxicated of course um so if that's a difficult subject matter for you i would encourage you to skip this episode uh take care of yourselves we love you thanks (laughs) Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex blogger, a sex journalist, and I got hypnotized over the phone last night. Pretty cool. Who are you, friend?
1: I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger, and I am, like, really into smoking. Like, for fun, but also for sex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My life. For fun, but also for sex.
1: (laughs) But also for sex. (laughs) I really like smoking. Like, I'm going to take that again, because that makes me sound like a pothead. Uh, I mean,
0: <laughs> not no, not though. Not
1: no. Uh, uh, but like, I have a smoking fetish is what I mean. Okay. Right. And also, I okay. smoke a lot of weed. Here we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, we're doing an episode today about sex as it pertains to altered states uh there's a lot of cool altered states you can have sex in because the human brain is amazing um but first we we got to talk about consent and altered states because this is obviously a huge ethical issue uh if you're going to be drunk or high or otherwise incapacitated or intoxicated uh during sex things so yeah what are some of the consent issues with having sex in an altered state
1: I mean, the definition of an altered state is that you're not necessarily in the same mindset you would be normally, so your judgment is compromised, right? That's Mm -hmm. what drugs and booze do to us. Uh, Mm -hmm. so you can't necessarily trust someone to consent, especially if they are like blackout drunk, they cannot consent, um, Mm -hmm. or have way overdone it on any substance, uh, Consent is more than just getting a yes or not getting a no. You have to trust mm-hmm. someone to be able to make that decision in the moment, and they can't if they are intoxicated in one way or another.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, debate because for me, like, I feel like there is definitely a line at which you are no longer able to morally consent to sex uh, in terms of like alcohol or drugs. But also, like, I kind of get annoyed with people when they insinuate or outright say that if you've had anything to drink or like any drugs at all that you're not able to consent because like I kind of know for myself where my own line is there and um it feels like having my agency taken away when people are like oh you've had like half a beer you you can't have sex because it's like I actually really enjoy having sex in altered states as we're going to talk about more um but I think, like, for me, the way I conceptualize it is, like, just to be on the safe side. If you don't know someone super well or trust them a lot, um, I wouldn't have sex in an altered state. Um, I would. That's something I would definitely conserve for, like, a partner who I trust a lot and who I've, like, discussed that with. Um, and there are, of course, obse- exceptions. Like, I've definitely gone on Tinder dates where, like, I had too much to drink and, like, had to hook up with the person. And, like, that's that's very much connected to, like, alcohol in our culture, which is, like, a very, like... Normalized, like, alcohol is a very normalized part of like hookup culture and stuff. So there's a lot of complicated stuff to pick apart there. But I think it's just basically like, be aware of it and like, uh, know your own limits and like, be mindful of how other people are doing.
1: Yeah, I've definitely, like, I can make the decision in the moment. There have been times where I'm like, huh, I am a little high and what I'm doing will probably end in sex. Yeah, I'm cool with that. And Mm -hmm. been like, able to make that decision. Um, whereas in other instances, like I have stopped people and been like, no, I'm too drunk to make this decision right now. We'll talk in a little while. Like we'll Mm -hmm. talk tomorrow, whatever. Um, I, my personal line is if I could drive a car, then Mm. I think I could, like, if I feel comfortable driving in a car, which I don't (laughs) obviously don't feel comfortable with after a couple of drinks, Um, or after too much weed or whatever, then I probably wouldn't make any decisions like hooking up with someone new or whatever. If I'm hooking up with someone that I've been with with for a while, especially if, like, the deal is, let's go on a date and get drunk and then hook up. Like, Mm -hmm. sober me has consented to this. Right. You know?
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like that too. And, like, I've also been in situations sometimes where, like, I texted a friend who was sober and whose judgment I trusted being like, so I'm a little drunk. Uh, should I go home with this person? That's often you who I'm texting. Yeah, I was going to say, so um, So me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the friend will often, like, because we'll have talked about it before. So the friend might be like, yeah, you were excited to sleep with this dude uh, when you were sober. So, like, probably okay. And, like, you know, I'm probably going to give the friend, like, the contact info of, like, the person who I'm going home with or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I also want to say, like, there are uh, there are some people who just have a really hard line about this and are like if the other person has had anything to drink or if I have had anything to drink no sex will be happening and I think that's a totally valid choice to make for yourself um for me I am a little bit more of the school of thought of like risk aware uh sex in this case so like I I know what the risks are um and I take them uh, after thinking about them and thinking them through. Um, but there are some people who just don't want to take that risk at all, and that's totally fine.
1: I mean, just like there are some people who will use barriers for everything when they're having sex, and some people who will use a condom for penetration, and some people who don't use anything, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there are varying degrees of risk involved, and people have the agency to make that decision for themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I used to get frustrated. I had this boyfriend for a while who uh, if I had had anything to drink at all, he would be like, we're not having sex because I don't trust your consent right now. Like, that's a totally valid choice for him to make. It was also frustrating for me, though, because I felt like, I know when uh, I want to have sex with you and I'm consenting to have sex with you, and I am, and, like, it felt like somewhat of a rejection for me and also, like, a denial of my agency. Like, he was telling me, like, I wasn't, you know, in my right mind, and I knew that I was. So, I don't know. You got to find, like, a, a place that feels good, like a compromise, if if you have two different perspectives on that, or you just got to decide not to not to mess with that stuff.
1: Similarly to the safer sex analogy, again, I think you default to the person who has higher boundaries in that yeah. situation. Makes you know what sense. I mean? If you only use condoms, someone else wants to use condoms and dams, well, you're using condoms and dams, or you're not doing oral stuff. Like,
0: yeah,
1: um, yeah. it's not, I don't think it's ever up to, like, also, that's super valid, and, like, I feel- I would feel really invalidated about my own judgments of myself in that moment. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, but, like, also, you never want to negotiate down for someone.
0: Yeah. And that's a situation where, like, I was much younger then, and I didn't really know how to navigate that, but I think if I came up against that now, um, I would probably have that conversation, when we were both sober and be like hey like it makes me feel bad for these reasons when you say that i can't make decisions about my own sex life when i've had half a beer um is there a way that we can you know work this out and maybe that would be we would negotiate and agree on what we were going to do sexually before i had anything to drink Mm -hmm. um but maybe he wouldn't be cool with that at all and like that's fine Okay, so say you want to do a scene where intoxication is explicitly part of it, which I think we're going to get into later why you might want to do that and why that might be hot. I literally,
1: like, (laughs) like, you said that and I was like, (laughs) "Woof."
0: Yeah, same. Um, How do you approach that negotiation? So
1: I would never do anything edgy, because I think playing with intoxication is edgy in and of itself. So I wouldn't yes. layer something else edgy on top of that. Like, maybe don't do knife play while shit-faced.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to say knife play.
1: <laughs> just, just a fucking thought.
0: Um, yeah, not a good idea. Or at least, uh, uh, the person using the knives should not be intoxicated.
1: I would, I would say neither. I get very fidgety. <laughs> like, little, there's a lot of good reckless point, yeah. moving around if I'm intoxicated. And again, sharp things. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Maybe you just need to be
1: strapped down. Maybe that's yeah. Make I mean, that work. <laughs> I could see like if I was super into fear play, I could see that being cool. But I would be very nervous about like erratic movement and things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I would negotiate pretty basic level play for us. Um, and uh, like. I would say, hey, we're gonna have sex tonight, and, like, define the terms for that. I don't know even Mm -hmm. that I would layer, me personally, I don't know how much kink I'd layer on top of that, other than the inherent power dynamics that would come with playing that sort of way. Yeah. Um, Or at least inherent power dynamics for me, because I would, the way I would play with that would be uh, one person considerably less drunk than another, or less intoxicated than another.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think I would want to talk about just generally like what I tend to be like when I'm drunk or high, like mm-hmm. kind of what my brain space tends to be like and what feelings tend to come up and um, what it looks like when I'm, you know, drunk and happy versus drunk and really sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think also like uh, intoxicated states, much like subspace, um, your brain can get to a point where it's difficult for you to verbalize things clearly. So it might be a good idea to have really, really clear check-in systems or safe words in place, probably both of those things actually, so that your partner can, like my partner frequently in a scene will ask me like, what color are you? And I just answer either red, yellow, or green. Um, and that's a really good way of, like, checking in with me that doesn't require me to put together a full sentence, because depending on my mental state, I might not really be able to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. And ne- I would say never renegotiate anything once someone has started drinking. Like, yeah, totally, you never want to... Totally re- valid. You generally want to avoid, like, major renegotiation in the middle of a scene either way, because honestly, I would say... <laughs> being turned on, especially to the point where you're in the middle of sex, is a bit of an altered state in and of itself. Mm, um, good point. Because I know I'm not thinking clearly when my pants are off. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I know I it inhibits my judgment a little bit when I'm, like, desperately trying to get off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, like... So generally not to renegotiate in the middle of that sort of thing, but especially not if you're playing with some sort of intoxicant.
0: Yeah, I think it's also good to be aware of what kinds of supplies you'll need if you very quickly want to try to get out of that altered state, like if the scene goes wrong in some way, or if you're just suddenly have a, have a shift in how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for alcohol, for me, that's things like water and bread. Um for drugs, I think it would depend a lot on the drug, but like if you do happen to know what might help you come out of that state more quickly, then that might be good stuff to have on hand. I tend to uh
1: take a shower. Sometimes the the water on my face will kind of bring me out when I'm too high. Um mm-hmm. sometimes eating helps uh for me and honestly getting off helps. Anything that expends <laughs> a lot of energy. Um, mm-hmm or a lot of the energy that i uh really enjoy about being high i tend to like getting off i tend to come down a little
0: bit lower than i was mm. um afterwards I also think if you're going to be doing a scene where one person is intoxicated and the other isn't, which is the majority of the way that I've played with this, um, it might be a good idea for you to spend some time together when the person who's going to be intoxicated is indeed intoxicated, but like without doing sex or kink things so that you both kind of get a sense of like how that feels being together in that dynamic. And like the sober person can see like what's normal for you when you're uh drunk or high or whatever um and what's not and and that'll just kind of give them a better sense for when a scene is going well and when it is maybe going wrong yeah absolutely okay so let's talk about altered states uh if i recall correctly you haven't had a ton of sex in altered states right
1: no i've had sex high once uh drunk once and then i just jerk off all the time when i'm high
0: okay so like <laughs> what are your favorite states to be in for sex or masturbation things and like what do you like about them?
1: Definitely high. Um mm-hmm. and to be clear, just... you're talking about weed. Yes. Yeah, weed. Yeah. Um drunk is just messy. Um and when <laughs> I'm drunk I just I just wanna go to sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but when I smoke I get um more, like, in tune with sensations, and when Mm -hmm. I get off while I'm high, sometimes it just lasts forever, which Mm -hmm. is really cool. Um, (laughs) it's, like, either back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back orgasms, or just one that kind of waves.
0: (laughs) Uh (laughs) And you're like, Mero, wanna go again? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Um, it gets to the point where I'm like, all right, I should really stop coming now because like I got shit to do. Um, and this is just getting redundant at this point. Um, but I generally have to make like the conscious decision to stop getting off when I'm high. Otherwise Mm -hmm. I think it'll just happen for eternity. I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, but I think that's how that works. Mm -hmm. What about you? I think your answer is relatively similar
0: yeah i've had a fair bit of sex both drunk and high and um what i like about both of them is that it really helps a lot with my inhibitions which i think is why alcohol is like so closely related with hookup culture um is because it really lowers your social inhibitions, so you can in theory like enjoy yourself more and relax and feel more able to be yourself and not be so nervous and anxious and whatever so that's that's what i like about it um I also really like the kind of like DS power play thing. Like we've been talking about, about like feeling literally less able to do stuff than my partner because I'm, uh, incapacitated to some degree. Um, I've never like played with like being blackout drunk or anything. And I don't think I would, cause I don't think that that would be fun for me. That's not really what the fantasy is for me. It's more just being like a little bit off kilter and a little bit off my game and, um, being able to be a little bit silly. Um, I wrote this piece a while ago which was about this study that came out that sort of like compared and contrasted high sex with drunk sex from a scientific perspective and it was really interesting because um alcohol having to do something with your blood vessels which I can't quite recall right now uh lowers your sexual sensitivity and makes it more difficult for you to get off which is where the phenomenon known as whiskey dick comes from um So that can actually be good in some cases because, like, maybe you are too sensitive or you come too easily and you want to kind of slow down that response. Um, But weed, on the other hand, tends to make you feel more sensitive and might make it easier for you to orgasm. There's a bunch of scientific evidence that indicates that that might be the case. And I've definitely found that to be true. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it really just depends on, like, what I am going for and what kind of effect I want to achieve. But, yeah, I think generally weed is, like, pretty good for me um i will say also a third altered state that i did want to mention while we're talking about this is trance because like i've been playing with hypno kink a lot in the past few months because my boyfriend is a hypno top mostly um i'm not going to get too deep into that today because i am doing an episode of this show with a hypno kink expert soon and it's going to be really fascinating and like more of a deep dive on that but um yeah, trance in some ways really reminds me of, like, being high or being subspace-y, and then it kind of takes my inhibition away, makes me a little fuzzy, and that can be really fun to play with in a DS way.
1: Yeah, the DS stuff I really enjoy is more in, like, a con-non-con context. mm mm-hmm. um, That was a lot of cons. Uh- so many
0: cons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but... And I really, I often feel really conflicted about it, right? Because if you're doing, like, a rape play scene or a ravishment play scene, it's really easy to look at it and say, oh, in reality, that would be a bad thing to happen. If this mm-hmm. was not a consensual scene that everyone agreed to, that is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and it's really easy and really clear to see that and to see the ways that you're playing with taboo. Um mm-hmm. That kind of consensual non-consent is not necessarily the way I like to play with it. I like more gray area stuff, more manipulative stuff. I like to be outsmarted. Um, Mm. And that feels like a scarier gray area for me, because Mm -hmm. manipulating people into sex is a thing that's really kind of entwined in our culture. Movies Mm -hmm. like Super Bad, even, where the whole thing is about how do we get someone drunk so we can have sex. Yeah. Stuff like that is yeah and stuff like that is normalized. So what what I find hot about it is the taboo is the this would, would really not be okay in reality. Mm-hmm. Uh but the pro- what feels really complicated for me about that is that even though it's really not okay, it feels like a lot of the world doesn't know it's really not okay and like yeah. our culture doesn't enforce it as not okay. Mm-hmm. Um that said for me What I really enjoy is, um, the idea of someone getting me either a little bit tipsy or a little bit high and, like, being under the impression that we're both drinking and we're both having fun and them staying, either they just handle their booze better than I do or they've been drinking less than I've noticed and they still have a little bit of power. Mm -hmm. Um... I once uh, was at a party with my ex where I kept getting him drinks as like a service thing. Um, And he would send me off with his order and I would get the drink and come back. And he would take a drink and then multiple times he held it over to me and actually like poured it into my mouth for me. Like held it to my lips and tipped it and would hold it for like a few seconds longer than I could comfortably drink. Mm -hmm. so there was, like, a second of, like, oh, okay, I guess I'm drinking a little (laughs) more, Um, because either that or I was spilling it, and, like, I was wearing my nice leather, so we're not doing that, (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, and that was, like, really hot to me, Um, so, like, the idea of playing with that more gray area non-consent is where I get into, is what I really enjoy about the idea of playing in altered space, in altered states.
0: Mm. Yeah, I find that very relatable. I feel like maybe because of uh, anxiety or just, like, something else about my brain, but, like, I'm so, like, over-analytical and, like, almost more perceptive than I would like to be, so I feel like it's very hard for people to, like, outsmart me or surprise me in a lot of cases and so there's something about being drunk or high where like someone can actually authentically surprise me with what they're doing like i can actually be caught off guard by certain things in a way that's really hard to do when i'm sober and that's one thing i like about in a ds context is i can i can genuinely be like oh you're tying me up i didn't realize you were tying me up cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is completely unrelated but Mm -hmm. uh I used to really enjoy in uh when I did bondage wrestling
0: mm-hmm. um
1: for a little while. the way you would play is there's ropes everywhere, like the way it's set up is there's like eight ropes thrown onto a wrestling mat and two humans, and you wrestle until someone's tied up mm-hmm. uh, what was really what was really cool about it is that. You would, you'd be covered in ropes. Like, they were always all over the place. So you would kind of shove them out of the way and just keep working on what you're doing. But every once in a while, I used to wrestle someone who was much better at this for me than me. It, she did it for a living. Um, and all of a sudden, like, one arm would be tied up, and I'd be like, holy shit, what the, when did that even happen? <laughs> um, and, like, I loved that feeling of, like, wow, I didn't even know this was happening to me, and now I can't use that arm.
0: Mm-hmm. And, like,
1: now they have the advantage and now I'm about to lose. Like, that <laughs> that was always really, really cool.
0: hmm Yeah, so good. I also, I think we've talked on the show before about how, like, weed can make you more, like, suggestible. Um, which is really interesting in, like, a phone sex context or a sexting context or even, like, in-person dirty talk. Because, um, like, for example, if someone starts talking to me while I'm super high about going down on me and describing that in great detail it's almost like I can literally feel it and so I could see how that could be really fun like if I was like strapped to the bed and they were like sitting across from me and just describing all this stuff that they maybe were going to do to me eventually but we're not currently doing it would be like a really fun tease and it's it's one way that you can use weed for magical nefarious purposes
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely I definitely when I'm high and if I think about something really intently I can feel it Mm -hmm. um which is really cool. I remember distinctly like walking down a sidewalk with you in Toronto and just stopping and you were like, "What?" and I was like I like I had been thinking about blowjobs so intensely that I could feel dick <laughs> in my mouth on a sidewalk <laughs> in Toronto. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just needed a moment to compose myself.
0: <laughs> I find that um for that reason specifically uh weed pairs really well with the hypno stuff for me uh like sometimes my partner will have me like smoke a bunch before we do a trance scene over the phone or whatever because it just makes it a lot easier for him to like manipulate me and it's sort of like how if i get drunk and high both together it's it's like it's not just one plus one it's sort of like it multiplies um and uh becomes like disproportionately intoxicating and i feel like that about weed and trance where like um if he trances me and tells me to imagine dick in my mouth it's gonna kind of feel like there's dick in my mouth and if i'm high and i imagine dick in my mouth it'll kind of feel like there's dick in my mouth but if i'm both of those things it'll super feel like there's dick in my mouth and i'll get (laughs) ridiculously turned on so that's fun and interesting (laughs) also just like uh this is a much simpler uh one but like i find that if i smoke weed i just like get turned on like spontaneously for no reason at all and um That's, I don't really have anything else in my life that can do that. Like, if I'm feeling really, really lazy and don't even want to go to the effort of, like, watching porn or reading erotica, I'll just, like, smoke and I'll get super turned on.
1: Yeah, like, for me, there's just a point where I've, uh, if I've smoked a certain amount, I'm just like, oh, I jerk off now. That's the next thing that I do. Good. (laughs) Didn't realize that wasn't really on the docket for tonight's plans, but I guess that's what we're doing. Uh, which is great when I'm at friends' houses and smoking, and they're always mm-hmm. like, no, like, you can crash here if you need to. And I'm like, no, I really very much need to be home in my house uh, <laughs> is where I need to go right now. <laughs>
0: um, you mentioned earlier that you don't think you'd want to super combine intoxicants with kink stuff, but I'm wondering... Are there any kink things that you do think would pair well with intoxicants?
1: I would do power exchange stuff. um, Mm -hmm. But I think rope or any sort of other bondage would be uh, maybe okay, but it feels like too restrictive that like I would not be happy about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And don't hit me while I'm high. (laughs)
0: interesting I take the the totally other perspective on that
1: (laughs) yeah I like I don't enjoy it I don't crave pain when I'm high and I also don't trust my judgment enough to measure pain while I'm high like Mm. I can consent but I don't know that I would know my limits for pain stuff as well if
0: I was high that's so interesting to me because for me being high on weed literally transforms pain into pleasure not always but like a lot of the time and i remember i noticed this when i was at a party and i got super high on some edibles and i started doing yoga with a friend because that's i guess what you do when you're fucked up at a party um and i was noticing the certain poses that normally would be a little uncomfortable like the stretching and stuff felt like almost orgasmic to me and then of course i'm a fucking perv so i started combining that with kink and uh yeah when i'm getting spanked or something when i'm super high it starts to feel like i could literally have an orgasm from it like it's like very like meditative and truly does feel like pleasure in a way that i don't experience at all when i'm sober it's really interesting that is interesting cuz like if you hit me when i'm high
1: i'd be like ow why <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Like, I get so upset when I'm high when I, when like anyone does anything. Although, that said, also when I'm high and like I get surprised with presents, it's like I just won an Oscar. <laughs> like, someone gave me nachos once and I was just looking at him like, oh, really? For me? Oh, really? <laughs> we were in the middle of a movie and he said watching me was more fun than the movie. He just kept giving me food. It was Star Mm. Wars, too.
0: (laughs) I also find that for me, any kind of role play pairs really well with intoxicants, or at least it can. Um, Sometimes it's hard because sometimes I'm so unfocused that I can't sustain a narrative at all in my mind. But other times, uh, the intoxicant takes away my inhibition so much that I can really, like, play a character and kind of feel like I am that character or that role or archetype or whatever I'm trying to be. And... I don't feel at all like silly or self-conscious about it the way i otherwise might and i also kind of like in a way forget that i'm playing a character sometimes if i'm if i sort of have hit the right balance of intoxicated and it's really nice and and sometimes exactly what i need Mm. is it different when you're jerking off because like then you don't have the element of another person being there and having that DS dynamic. But like, what's it like to jerk off when you're intoxicated? How's that different for you?
1: Uh, no, I think it, for me, jerking off while high mostly just tightens my arousal. Mm-hmm. Um, I start more like baseline turned on. Um, and I can play with orgasm a lot more than I normally can. Um, so like, like, because my orgasms would generally be shorter, I can do, I can have these really long, like, epic orgasms that I wouldn't normally, uh, which is really, really cool and fun, but for me, it's, it's mostly just that heightened arousal. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely find I get turned on more easily, and I get more sensitive, um, but then, sort of the flip side of that coin is, like, if I'm too high or too drunk, I'm really unfocused and I often have a hard time staying concentrated on fantasies or porn. Um, or sometimes I'm so concentrated on the fantasy or the porn that I forget about the jerking off part. <laughs> like, um, I, I remember at one time I got way too high and I was watching this 45 minute long amateur blowjob video And I just got lost in it. Like, it was a fucking Hollywood movie. Like, I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? Like, (laughs) this is beautifully shot. Look at that dick. Like, oh, my God, I just got so absorbed in it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be jerking off. And I'm just staring at this porn scene. What is happening?
1: (laughs) I have definitely done that. Uh, (laughs) I also, like, post-orgasm, will just lay there with, like, dildo still in me magic wand on my junk just like I guess I stay here now I guess this <laughs> is how I live <laughs> for like yep, what feels like yep. 20 minutes but might be 20 seconds I don't know uh, <laughs> just it just becomes a part of me um
0: <laughs> if I'm like sexting while high, too sometimes I'll just say really weird shit like I feel like my heart is really connected to the universe right now <laughs> like I'll just like
1: I was going to say, right. I I have definitely had like high sex where I'm like, this is amazing. It's like transcendent. It's like magical. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> I'm just very high. Like I had a strain that had me like euphoric.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And then anytime I jerked off with that, I was like, the world is a magical place. And <laughs> orgasms are made of joy and <laughs> glitter. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we've talked a lot about DS and how that interacts with one person being sober and the other person being intoxicated, but I'm curious if you would ever want to do a scene where both people are intoxicated. I wouldn't do a scene, but I'd have sex. Hmm.
1: I wouldn't bottom to someone who is intoxicated. Classic kinkster calling
0: all sex a scene.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I wouldn't bottom to someone who is intoxicated. Um, yeah. if I was doing any sort of kink things, there needs to definitely be an imbalance in intoxication levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'd, I'd fuck someone while we're both tipsy or both high or whatever. I think that could be really fun. And I think, because I think inherently there would be a power dynamic if one person is less sober than the other. Mm. Um, Whereas I think having sex with someone while we're both similarly levels of intoxicated would just be, like, a giggly, sexy mess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had times where, like, we were both intoxicated, but we had a pre-existing power dynamic, so that kind of persevered. Um, And, like, one of my fondest sexual memories of all time was this day when a partner of mine made edibles and we took them and just, like, had sex for, like, nine hours um, and laughed and rolled around and it was blissful. And that was a kinky relationship, so there was some, like, kink stuff going on, but it was relatively low-risk stuff, like impact with hands and stuff like that, where, like, even if you fucked it up, it wouldn't be that bad, I mean, especially compared to something like knife play or rope bondage or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was okay. I definitely enjoy that and i think it could be a fun bonding activity in some ways but it's not something i would do with someone i didn't know very well like i would i would need it to be with someone who like we were already very very aware of each other's limits and preferences and all that kind of stuff yeah are there any altered states that you haven't tried in connection with sex or masturbation that you want to try not
1: really Mm mm-hmm Like, I've heard some really, like, amazing stories about, um, sex on harder drugs, um, Mm -hmm. but, and, like, hallucinogens and that sort of thing, but I am not ballsy enough for that shit. I'm not interested in, like, going any harder than weed, um, and, like, no shade on people that do. I have good friends that do, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, like, that's not my jam. I'm not interested in doing that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah I'm like a little bit curious about magic mushrooms because I've spoken to a few people who I trust a lot who have told me that sex on mushrooms has been amazing for them Um, but especially because of my anxiety and other mental health stuff I worry about how harder drugs would affect me so I would definitely want to like try it without any sex stuff with a person who I really trust first and then Maybe after doing that a few times, if I did even get that far, I would maybe want to progress into doing sex stuff on it, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If I was going to do anything, it would be with someone who has experience with that substance and then, like, just sitting on a bed for a while and finding out what happens and then maybe (laughs) after trying it a couple, like, after I feel confident on it, then maybe making our way into sex stuff.
0: Mm Mm-hmm okay so one that we haven't really talked about which i know we both have a lot of feelings about is sleepy sex yes Woof. um i <laughs> my my boyfriend um his twitter handle is super sleepy dude because um, he has a sleepy sex kink among many 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 other kinks because he's a fucking perv um and i always think it's hilarious that like i am such a giggly sleepy person and i ended up with someone who's really into giggly sleepy people like in a fetishistic way um it's wonderful uh yeah tell me your sleepy sex feelings facts
1: mostly they're related to like morning sex stuff like that groggy feeling you have in between being asleep and being awake when you're just like just figuring out the world
0: and reality um, kind of feels half not real and yeah yeah
1: yeah, exactly um and like that's kind of I like thinking about someone like laying in bed with me and either like coming up behind me and feeling them being hard or something along those lines um or having like their hand down my pants as I'm just waking up and like part of it is that again you're a little bit not intoxicated but a little bit groggy a little bit out of it, uh, and this person generally is more awake than I am, I'm, I feel. Um, I also am, like, kind of into the idea of, like, just waking up together, both kind of doing stuff, and, like, in that half-asleep state, you just, like, found this person who you're super into, and now you're kind of grinding against them, and then you're waking up, and you're like, oh, well, here's a thing that we can do. (laughs) Um, And I like, for me, I think it either it plays into that kind of coercive thing, that kind of imbalance of power thing, or it plays into this kind of doing what you want, whether you know you want it or not thing. Because if you're doing something in your sleep, right, if it feels good, in that way, it may not have been a conscious decision. And Mm -hmm. back to actual consent, if it's not a conscious decision, you don't, you can't do it. Um, (laughs) Like, that's, that's not consent. But if you're Mm -hmm. on an in an ongoing relationship with someone where you've discussed playing in these kinds of states, then that's cool. Um, But yeah, this idea of like, your body knows what you want. uh, Which like, look into a uh, there was just an excellent TED talk by emily nagoski that is like hey don't trust bodies because rape culture um or don't re- <laughs> not don't trust jesus uh don't rely on your bodies rely on the things you say yeah um, it was
0: about uh, arousal non-concordance which is yeah. a really interesting concept that she teaches about
1: yeah really fantastic ted talk um mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> All of the consent stuff aside, presuming you are in a relationship where everyone is consenting to this sort of thing, the role play of, well, my body wants this, so we're doing this kind of thing, Um, we've just Mm -hmm. kind of fallen into each other kind of thing, is really hot for me.
0: Yes. Yeah, same. Uh, I had a boyfriend last year who told me very early into our relationship that he was giving me everlasting consent i mean you know everlasting within the relationship we're not together anymore so i wouldn't go and do this now (laughs) um but he was giving me blanket consent to go wake him up uh with a blowjob anytime which uh is a really fun game in and of itself because you got to kind of figure out how to get down there uh without waking the person up it's a bit like playing Operation sometimes. Uh, but my current boyfriend, uh, we were at a hotel and um, we were like banging all night and then we went to sleep. And then at like 2 a.m., I was awakened by him like putting my hand on his dick, which he was asleep. Like he told me later that he had like no memory of doing this and was actually really embarrassed that this happened. Um, but, you know, I'm into that. So I was down and uh, a lot of sex stuff ensued. And it was like, yeah, I'm I'm very super into the dynamic of like either party being sort of half awake and, and the kind of power stuff involved in that and the sort of like uh, almost involuntary desires like you were talking about. Like it's, it's so like primal and so different from almost any other type of sex. It's really good.
1: Yeah, it's like these lowered inhibitions in a different way mm-hmm. than intoxicated. Because yeah. um, I think with intoxication, like sometimes your inhibitions are lowered and you get to do the thing you want to do sometimes you're doing the thing tequila wants to do, which is a different thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, with, so for me, like, booze and stuff, it's less about lowering inhibitions for me and more about uh, dulling my senses so Mm. that someone else can kind of overpower that. Um, Mm -hmm. But with sleepy stuff, it's definitely a lot more about, like, lowered inhibitions and, like, these, like, primal desires, like you were talking about.
0: Yeah, I've also found that the sleepy stuff can play really well into, like, age play or other types of dynamics like that. Um, I get so
1: little when I'm sleepy.
0: Yes, exactly, same. I actually get little, like, in any kind of altered state, and um, it's one of the things I really enjoy playing with with my boyfriend with, like, phone sex things. Like, sometimes he'll have me smoke extra if he wants to do some kind of age placing because i do get really like r- like i feel like um being intoxicated makes me feel generally uh less um in control of myself and less capable and less competent and if i'm in the right context to feel little that can manifest as like feeling feeling reliant on the person who i'm with um so that's i think for me why it kind of makes me feel really little um and yeah that, that can be really fun to play with
1: yeah, see, weed just makes me think I'm super charming. <laughs> I mean, uh, you are, so. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, remains to be seen if that is a true thing or not. <laughs> um, but, like, weed just turns me into this, like, extroverted, charming boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> whereas being sleepy makes me very little. Honestly, drinking a decent amount gets me kind of little, too. I remember... uh the time we were on the train home from somewhere, and, uh, I was whining about not feeling good or whatever, and our mutual friend was like, well, that's because alcohol's a little bit (laughs) poison." And I responded by looking, like, aghast at being like, then why did you let me drink it?
0: (laughs) Why did you give it to me? (laughs) And I was so little and so upset. Mm Mm-hmm. This is also reminding me of uh, a thing that I've, I've mentioned multiple times on this show, but it's just a piece of wisdom I love. Um, it's from a workshop I went to at the Playground Conference that was about negotiation. Um, and the facilitator said that you should negotiate a scene from at least two different headspaces, um, And the examples they gave were like... Maybe you negotiate one time while you're really horny and then another time while you're, like, more neutral. But I actually think it could be really fun to negotiate one time while you're intoxicated and then another additional time while you're sober to kind of make sure that you still want to do those things you talked about when you're intoxicated. Because, like, your mind just goes to a different place when you're intoxicated. And you might have ideas that, like, sober you, it would not occur to you to say, yeah, that's hot. But, like, as soon as you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, that is hot.
1: Oh, So it's absolutely. kind of a great
0: headspace for, like, brainstorming stuff that you want to do. But just, like, obviously make sure once you're sober that you still want to do it.
1: <laughs> high me leaves so many notes for sober me. All the time. <laughs> like, so many creative ideas that I come up with while I'm high. Uh, also, high me leaves re- rude notes about my mental health to sober me. <laughs> like, they are addressed to myself and my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like bring this to therapy in a few days and read this I'm like Aww. okay <laughs> <laughs> like hi me dom sober me into being good about my mental health <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's amazing good for it really you. is <laughs> good for all of you <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the dildorks i hope that if you use any of the information you picked up in this episode you do so responsibly and thoughtfully that is, of, of course, as always, important. I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net and the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly juice. Where is your stuff?
1: I'm Bex. You can find all my writing at bextalksex.com where I'm recapping all of the things that have changed over the last couple, uh, well, over the last year that I've been on testosterone. Um, I'm also at Bex Talk Sex on Twitter and Instagram. Together we're the Dildorks. You can find us at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram, or by searching the Dildorks in your favorite podcast app. While you're there, rate and review us. It brings us up in the charts and makes us easier to find by other sex nerds. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash the Dildorks. Toss, toss a couple of bucks our way. It helps us keep doing what we're doing. If you want to come and see me speak, I have a couple of events coming up. I'm going to be at Atlanta Poly Weekend doing my panel with Kevin Patterson and Christopher Smith. We're going to be doing You Let Her Do What? An- examinations on Masculinity and Polyamory. I'm going to be at Dark Odyssey Fusion from June 20th through 25th, talking about blowjobs, G-spots, power dynamics, and long-distance relationships, and communication and negotiation for nerds and pervs. I'm actually... I just finished up writing that workshop and I'm really excited about it. I'm going to be, well, we're both going to be at Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit, we're going to be on a panel called Living Out Loud, Storytelling as Activism, and we're going to be doing the Dildorks live. So and excited! Then, Yay! Uh, and I'm going to be at Sex Down South, teaching blowjobs, communication, power dynamics and long distance relationships, and you let her do what? So a lot of really cool events coming up. Uh, If you're thinking of going to Sex Down South, I have a coupon code for you. At checkout, enter BEX at SDS. That's the at symbol. And that'll get you, I believe, $20 off of your full conference ticket. And it also helps me out when you do that. So head over to sexdownsouth.com and coupon code BEX at SDS.
0: Thanks so much, as always, to Protodome for letting us use his theme song. It's not his theme song. Why do I always fucking say that? (laughs) It's our theme song uh, that he let us use. (laughs) I want you in my bedroom off his album, Chip Funk. God, I love that guy. I got to send him another email and be like, yo, thanks again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And thank you to Amy who did our logo for us. She is at Starboots underscore on Twitter. You should hire her for all your artistic needs. I've been drinking beer during this episode, so I'm a little more loquacious than usual, but I feel like it's, you know, on topic. Um. And thank you to you for listening to this mess of an episode. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. I'm Bex, I'm a sex educator and a pod- I'm a podcaster, if you didn't know. <laughs> i to take what? that again.
0: <laughs> Who are you, friend? <laughs> uh,
1: although, also, I do really enjoy, like, someone half asleep, fi- like, realizing they're against me. Uh, I'm gonna take this again, because I'm <laughs> talking <laughs> okay. about hot things and I'm getting distracted. Uh, Yikes. <laughs>
0: It's fine, it's fine
1: it's I mean, this is almost over an hour, so
0: yeah that's, we'll that's see. that's on them.
1: I ain't got that yeah. kind of energy, man,
0: yeah, no, I've, if
1: I'm not I, eating I, ice cream twenty minutes after my pants came off, like <laughs> what are what am I even doing?
0: <laughs> okay, hi, hi, nice to meet you.
1: I think you're good. Someone told me to think of all the times I didn't want to go and ended up having a blast, but see, all of the other times I didn't want to go, I didn't fucking go. (laughs) (laughs) Relatable. That's that's (laughs) why I asked Twitter to motivate me.
0: Yeah. Ugh, it's rough.
1: Yeah. Going to things is just rough. I know, but there's a live porn recording in the middle with Sid St. Vincent. Oh, you have to go to
0: that i know <laughs> tell yourself you can just go and watch the porn and if you want to leave after that you can leave and you might not want to leave but yeah
1: that's what i'm gonna do I, yeah i'm gonna get there at like 10 ish and i'm gonna stay till like one at the latest unless i'm sucking dick at one then i will stay <laughs> until past
0: that <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the time that you're going to leave is really dictated by Dick, you might say. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just imagine, like, the alarm on my watch going off and me being like, oh, um, it's time for me to, uh, (laughs) that was a really visual gag. We can't put that on the podcast.
0: (laughs) It'll go in the bloopers, whatever.
1: (laughs) Everything will go in the bloopers.
0: Nobody listens to those, right?
1: (laughs) Nah. You know, I usually, like, the few times I listen to our podcast, I forget we have bloopers, and I hear the outro, and I'm like, well, we're done!
0: <laughs> to be honest, the bloopers are the best part, but don't tell anyone that.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't remember the last time I jerked off while sober, but it was, like, 20 minutes ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> you are so Never mind. perfect. I love it. <laughs>